get ready to live fearlessly free with Heather Bunch. How do you find hope when you're feeling hopeless? What do you do to fill your tank when you're feeling pretty down? Let me ask you, can you experience joy even in the middle of crappy circumstances? Welcome to your fearless journey. I'm your courageous coach, Heather Bunch, and I am here to help you close the gap between your dreams and your reality. And you're going to do that through living fearlessly free. This is going to allow you to stop hiding, to show up fully yourself, and to fulfill your God-given purpose. And you can do it courageously. Now, I am going to be talking about how to go from hopeless to hope-filled. So today's going to be for you if you, you're tired of feeling hopeless and you need some hope. Today's also going to be for you if your circumstances are dragging you down. And today is especially for you if you're trying to come up for air and just catch your breath. Hopeless. Have you ever felt hopeless? I know I have. I think one of the the biggest times, the most significant times in my life where I really felt hopeless was when we were going through financial crisis. And started when I was pregnant with our, our second child, my first, my first daughter. And so it was more than 10 years ago. And my husband had made a bad trade that like it went bad. And in order to make the trade right, we had to clean out our IRAs. We had to clean out our savings accounts, literally just to break even. So everything we had we put into there to break even. Now he was doing all of this to try to create an extra income because we knew in our heart, we were supposed to move to Florida to actually start a church years ago. And that moment right there crushed that dream. There was no way we could move in the type of debt we were in. And we were just trying to tread water and we were literally drowning and circumstance after circumstance, bad decision after bad decision, all of these things rolled together and we ended up in bankruptcy years later. It actually, it it, it took a bit to, to get to that point, but there was a lot of There was a lot of pain in between trying to avoid that. I felt hopeless. I can remember a moment in, in, I was in the shower crying, just like literally weeping. And I fell on the ground just in a puddle of tears. I felt like there was no way out. I felt like self-harming. There was moments I felt like 
committing suicide. I didn't know what to do. I felt powerless. I felt shame. I, I was hurting. And, and you know, I felt, felt these horrible sensations of, you know, in, in, one hand, I was mad at my husband. In the other hand, I'm like, I felt sorry for my husband because like he didn't do it on purpose. Like, you know, and then I felt this conflict because I was mad at my, you know, felt mad at my husband. And then, you know, then because remember, if you've listened to this podcast of any length of time, and if you're new here, Heather does not like conflict because conflict equals disconnection. This is a story that I'm working on changing. And it was hard. It was it was the hardest thing, and I I went through a multiple year depression. Going through that, and my husband came to me one day and he said, "Heather, I don't know if you realize what." And I can't remember if he said your attitude or, but how I was living life was hurting the family. And by this point, Aubrey had been born and um, she was at at least a a year or so old at at this point. And I knew he was right. I knew he was right in that moment. And I had to do something. And I I had to do it quick because it was going to really hurt my family. Um, I even noticed a difference between... Evan is a baby and Aubrey is a baby. Now, look, I know every baby's different. I've got three. So, you know, I get that. But I met in like her joy level. Like Evan was such a happier baby. Um, and I fully believe that it was my depression that actually caused some of, of that in Aubrey. Because now she is like literally the one of the, she, she's a happy kid now. And, you know, our, as a mom, we are creating hormones and and chemicals and things like that, reactions in us when we are in a state of depression. We think, we feel, and then we choose. Our mind controls our brain and our brain controls our body. So when our mind is in a state of depression, it is telling our body what to do. And our body responds and our body is trying to, to help things along. But, you know, and we can pass that on to our kids. And so in this moment, I just, I grabbed a book. Because it was the only thing I knew to do. I didn't have money for counseling. I didn't have money for therapy. You know, I, I hardly anybody even knew this was going on. I think my parents and 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 my husband's parents. And that was about it. I didn't talk to anybody about this. My friends didn't know what I was going through at the time. And I remember my mom telling me about a book. It was a 4A principle by Tommy Newberry. And uh, she gave out, he's got a couple different versions, and she gave out the 40 days of joy to um, people that she counseled. Uh, My mom's a pastor at the uh, church that we go to. And that book, I remember her telling me, literally had saved a marriage. 
And it was only one of the spouses that went through that book. But, but the changes that it made in her changed their marriage. And so I was like, all right, if, if that's the power of this, I need to get this book. Well, it's not just about joy. It's about your thought life. Because I was in a depression because of what I was thinking on. Everything negative that I could think on, I thought on. Every bad circumstance, every what if, every there's another shoe going to drop and that light at the end of the tunnel looks like a train. That's where my thought life was. As soon as something came that was unexpected, I went straight down the rabbit hole, the black hole of negative thoughts. And that affected me. And it robbed me of my joy. And I felt hopeless. So I want to ask you, if you are feeling hopeless right now, what are you focusing on? What are you thinking on? Philippians 4.8, which is the basis of the book. Paul tells us to think on whatever things are noble and worthy and pure and of good report. You know, it's excellent. Think on these things. And what I love is that when Paul wrote that, he was sitting in jail. He was sitting in a Roman jail cell, writing about joy, writing about what to think on, writing about casting your cares on the Lord. Because if you look at that whole scripture in context, that's what he's talking about. So what are you thinking on? If your joy level is low, if you are feeling hopeless, I want you to examine where you spend your thought life. How much time do you spend in negative thoughts? Versus how much time do you spend thinking on things that are good and noble and worthy and lovely and of good report? For me, I did not realize before that moment how much control over my thoughts that I had. I control them. I think, and then I feel, and then I choose. My mind controls my brain, and then my brain controls my body. I am in charge of that. That is a power that God gave me. I am not a victim of my thoughts, and neither are you. I went through that book, like line upon line. Scripture upon scripture. I looked up every scripture. I did every exercise. I spent an entire year in that book. An entire year going through that book. It changed my life. It pulled me out of that depression. Now, it wasn't the book that changed my life. It was my thought life that changed my life. It was taking my power over my thoughts. That changed my life. I changed my thoughts, which changed my feelings, which changed my choices. I acted in different ways. I think, I feel, I choose. You think, you feel, you choose. 
if your actions are showing and creating a life that you don't want, you got to go back to your thoughts. What are you thinking on? Those thoughts are creating feelings in you and those feelings are pushing you to act in a certain way. And if it's not what you're wanting, but guess what? The good news is you get to change that. You are in charge of that. You are not a victim. Isn't that beautiful? You're not stuck feeling hopeless. You don't have to be. When I pulled out of that depression, it wasn't because my circumstances changed. They didn't. We hadn't even been through bankruptcy at that point. That actually came later. But you know what? Because I, I continually spent time focusing on my thought life, focusing on what am I thinking on, growing myself, disciplining my thought muscle. Jesus said to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, or Paul said it, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I focused on that and I did that. And so honestly, by the time we actually went into bankruptcy, it didn't devastate me. It didn't push me down into another depression. You know why? Because I knew by that point, we're going to be okay. Am I excited about this? No, it wasn't great. It wasn't good circumstances, but I knew it hadn't, it didn't have to drag me down into a depression. It did not have to control my life because I wasn't getting what I wanted and, and what I thought and what I'd hoped for and what I even dreamed about at that point. No, that wasn't a dream of mine. But that's the power of your thoughts. Your thoughts are powerful and you get to choose them. So you get to choose whether you are going to be filled with hope or hopelessness. Now, I understand. I am, I, I'm, I, there are many people that, that will listen to this. You may need someone to come alongside you like a therapist or a counselor or a coach or a mentor to help you through this process. So I'm not saying you have to do this alone. I ended up doing it alone at that time because that was all I had. And honestly, I hadn't grown to the point where I was brave enough to talk to somebody about it. And, and then financially, I didn't have the money to, you know, hire a therapist or, or a counselor. But you know what? Honestly, I probably could have gone to church and gotten counselor. Of course, at my church, that's my mother. So <laughs> I could have had my mom counsel me. But I did take her advice and get the book. So I'm not saying you don't have to do it alone. Okay. So hear me on that. If you need somebody, please get somebody. And I'll tell you what, I don't do it on my own now. Because now I've, I've grown to the point where I'm like, I don't want to do it on my own. I can't get to where God's called me to be on my own. And so I've surrounded myself with like-minded people. And see, that's the other thing. We have to think good thoughts, but so many times what we're doing is we're 
watching things that tear us down. We're listening to things that tear us down. We're hanging around people that tear us down. We're literally putting, it's like putting garbage in. We're going to get garbage out. The quality of our thought life is dependent on the quality of what we fuel our thoughts with. Superior fuel will create superior thoughts. So you actually have to watch your inputs. My, my kids, it's close to Halloween. So they're, you know, horror movies come up and they, they're too young and I have not let them watch horror movies, but they see memes or people talk about them and things like that. And my daughter mentioned something about Chucky and I was like, you know what? I don't watch that stuff. You know why? I said, because it stays in my mind because it doesn't go away. You can't unsee what you've seen. You can't unhear what you've heard. And so I don't fuel myself with that type of inputs. You got to watch that. And I know she doesn't fully understand yet, but she will. And so what are you watching? What are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? It, is it things that are going to fuel hope, fuel good thoughts, or is it things that are going to drag you down and make you feel more hopeless? What are you feeding yourself with? The story in my mind became the story in my life. I had a story that the other shoe was going to drop. I had a story of nothing ever works out for us. And I changed that story. And I'm changing that story continually. You know what? I keep reminding myself. God says there's more where that came from. There's more where that came from. He said, I am a good God. I can hear my husband laughing as I'm doing this podcast. I want to tell you, that brings me such joy. I love to hear him laugh. And I don't know if you can hear him. You probably can't. But if you can, it's something that makes me happy. And that's what I'm talking about. What are you fueling yourself with? Like when I hear things that bring me joy. That's what I feel myself with. So I watch things that I enjoy. I watch things that make me laugh. I watch things that, you know, are clever or funny. I love clever. That That's me. That's my sense of humor. I put on the Muppet Haunted Mansion. That's this, that's this Haunted Mansion-y, you know, as we go for me. And it's hilarious. And it's so well written. And if you've ever been on the Haunted Mansion ride, you will totally appreciate that movie. But it brings me joy. And so that's what you need to do is you fuel yourself. You fuel your thoughts with things that are going to lift you up instead of tear you down. All right, my friend, I want to leave you with that. What are you thinking on and what are you fueling yourself with? You think, you feel, you choose. You literally have the power to go from hopeless to hope right there, right there in the power 
of your mind. You have got this, my friend. I just want to thank you a bunch for listening. You have got this and Father's got you. And until next time, live fearlessly free.